This is Laura Deirdre with our Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Shazad Saeed, Associate Chief Medical Officer and Pediatric Gastroenterologist at Dayton Children's. Dr. Saeed, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura, um, and thanks for the invitation to join uh, you in um, sharing some of the perspectives. Um, I'm um, thrilled and honored to share my perspectives on, on the topics that we'll talk about. Um, I'm a pediatric gastroenterologist by background with uh, a focus on children with Crohn's and colitis and have a quality improvement background, um, uh, which is focused on improving the cost, the care and quality of children with IBD. Um, I am involved in an international collaborative that um, is a quality improvement collaborative known as Improved Care Now, and we really work um, in a co-production model, uh, partnering with researchers, patients, families, and other clinicians to really focus on improving the uh, the standard of care for children with IPD. At my hospital role, um, I am involved in um, uh, the, the patient and family experience uh, area as a physician lead. Um, we have really utilized the quality improvement methodologies to look at our patient experience data to make sure that we deliver exceptional care for every encounter, whether that be in the ambulatory setting or in the inpatient setting. And um, along with that, um, I'm uh, in my role as Associate Chief Medical Officer. Um, I am um, involved in two to three uh, service lines in the hospital, um, responsible for some of the uh, access, growth, patient experience, and quality metrics uh, for those service lines, uh, which include about 14, 15 different divisions. Additionally, um, we are trying to really focus on um, uh, embedding quality improvement, safety, and quality in our operations. So I also uh, am involved in a, uh, the group of um, uh, folks or in, uh, projects and initiatives um, which are bunched under the umbrella of clinical excellence, which aligns quality, quality improvement, safety, quality assurance, uh, and informatics to make sure that we have a laser sharp focus on what is uh, driving our strategy and uh, activities uh, uh, based on our strategic roadmap. Wow, that's you know just really impressive to think about and hear all the things you have your hands in today. We're from the top level strategic aspects of affecting patient care right down to the things that you're doing in the patient visits and operating rooms. So I'm excited to hear about that. And I'm wondering, given all of this, what issues are you spending most of your time on today? What are you excited about tackling and really doing to improve patient care? Thank you, Laura. It's 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 a great question to sort of delve deeper into what our um, focus has been. And like everybody else, we have been uh, dealing with um, um, opportunities for really buffing up our uh, staffing um, status. Um, we have been really um, uh, intentional about how we are trying to manage um, staffing in critical areas um, uh, and looking at that staffing model from a wellness and resilience perspective as well, uh, which is uh, uh, aligned and, and, and uh, connected. Um, as with most healthcare uh, systems, financial sustainability is also um, very sharp um, and, and laser focused for us because we can't um, underpin our staffing and resilience uh, processes without having um, insights and, and ability to financially support them. Um, as we have also recognized that um, patient experience and experience of delivery of care is 
tightly uh, connected with um, resilience and wellness of our staff. We are also paying very much attention to uh, ensuring that um, the patients that are touching our health system, uh, either in the, in the inpatient or in the ambulatory or emergency uh, room setting, continue to receive the exceptional care that they expect and deserve to receive. Um, in view of some of these challenges and opportunities, um, we're also thinking about how to leverage technology um, and virtual care to optimize the clinical operation, and as well as um, not only optimizing, but also thinking outside the box to see uh, what kind of um, technological um, leverage we can utilize to um, deliver care. For example, in the past, if uh, a, a a staff person or a nurse was managing chronic disease patients, are there opportunities from technological support perspective that can help us manage some of those things and offset some of the staffing challenges that, uh, that we are facing? The other area that we are sort of um, paying really um, close attention to um, is behavioral health and mental health strategies. Um, like everyone else, we have seen a a huge um, number of increases in in our behavioral health patients and and, and even um, staff um, who are dealing with a lot of stressors. So we have really developed a behavioral health strategy to um, think about how to deliver needed care and support for our patients as well as staff. We are um, investing in building a uh, a new. Um, behavioral health uh, building, uh, expanding and almost doubling our inpatient behavioral health beds uh, for pediatrics uh, to really coordinate and try to integrate a lot of the behavioral health uh, activities under one roof, um, and also recognizing uh, the the need that is uh, growing up um, by the day in our community. Um, I'm not sure that your audience uh, is aware, but you know, pediatric and and children in the midst of this pandemic has have really um, been at the forefront of the mental health crisis and um, the rates of depression, anxiety, uh, and, and suicide uh, ideation has really uh, mushroomed in the last few years. So a lot of the pediatric healthcare systems are uh, having to deal with uh, uh, these kind of uh, challenges and how to sort of. Um, uh, structure them, their operations to meet these challenges and, in fact, um, prevent some of these challenges from happening. The last area that I would sort of uh, share about uh, uh, with with audiences, um, health equity. Um, you know, the last couple of years have really shown a uh, light on opportunities for improving uh, the deliver delivery of healthcare uh, systems to. Uh, patients with uh, different backgrounds. Um, and uh, like most health systems, we are um, really realizing the opportunities that exist um, in our operations to think about different aspects of our community that we serve. Um, like most pediatric facilities, we are an anchor institution and we need to be very um, sensitized to what are the needs of the community that we serve and also uh, bring that health equity uh, lens to our operations, our quality improvement projects, our utilization projects. So I'm really um, uh, glad at certain levels that those kind of um, um, 
focus areas are coming to the fore, um, uh, and, and I look at it as an opportunity which is stemming out of a potential crisis from the pandemic. Yeah, I think all of those are really interesting points in terms of looking at how virtual care and telehealth works in the pediatric space and what kind of platforms need to be built out there. But then, too, your, your point on the behavioral health aspect of things, I, I think, is so crucial, as you mentioned, for us to really understand and find solutions for some of the um, ballooning rates of, as you mentioned, um, anxiety and suicidal ideation and all these other things that are really a, a huge, huge challenge for the pediatric population today. Um, you know, when you look at some of these rates increasing and the trend toward, you know, needing more of these behavioral health visits and specialists and, and um, tackling these problems, how do you see the, those solutions coming up? Is there anything that can be done in the short term versus long term? How are you thinking about that? I think um, we need to probably have both short and long-term um, strategies um, put in place. I think the short-term obviously is meeting the acute care, acute care needs uh, from the mental health perspective, um, staffing, providing um, uh, counselors, providing um, support um, to those who are in, in, in acute uh, crisis um, and managing and, 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 uh, and empowering them to sort of uh, then get better and then probably pivot to a more longer term strategies, which would include again um, partnering with the community to make sure that when they are out of the health system, they have all the support that they can get and need, um, leveraging community health workers to um, uh, help the communities tackle with some of these uh, issues. There's obviously, uh, in my mind, a potential, you know, uh, health equity lends to these mental health crises as well, access to support services, access to uh, treatment facilities, um, transportation, uh, food security, all of that sort of comes into play um, uh, as as a long-term strategy. Um, and um, I think as, as a society, we really need to start thinking about um, how to pivot um, and think about um, uh, a, a preventive way of managing some of these crises, which then, you know, if not adequately addressed, then lead to more acute short-term needs for uh, support services. That's a really excellent point. Thank you so much for going through that, Dr. Saeed. Now, when you think about these challenges, as well as everything else going on in healthcare today, um, what are you thinking about in terms of investments and growth over the next two years? Where do you really see your practice as well as Dayton Children's headed? I think, uh, I had shared uh, about the new building uh, sort of uh, that we are investing in to really um, have an integrated strategic approach to providing all sorts of behavioral health services under one roof, uh, which would in, uh, expand our inpatient footprint, but also our crisis center, day treatment center, um, staffing, um, as well as counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists um, investing in, in developing an eating disorders program, both as, as an inpatient uh, uh, service, but uh, as well as, as outpatient ambulatory service as well. So that's a real large focus of our um, uh, strategic plan and investment on the next couple of years. We hope to have the new building um, stood up by mid 2025, so which is in, in, in two to three years time. The second uh, big investment I think 
and growth opportunity at the same time is really thinking about um, care coordination, um, handoffs between inpatient and outpatient settings. How do we optimize that to prevent um, you know, readmissions, opportunities to really connect with uh, the patient's care between um, a specialty-based service model to a primary care uh, model that is uh, the right venue for delivering a lot of the care, which can also then help us um, look at and and uh, really think about um, uh, providing care in the right setting to reduce the cost of care. Um, value-based care, uh, we have been in that area for the last four to five years um, and have made a lot of progress, but I think pediatric facilities have been um, uh, lagging behind adult facilities in really thinking about the, the value-based care model and how to sort of think about um, driving value um, uh, and and partnership with community physicians, community part, uh, community uh, pr- uh, care providers, and and peers to really uh, drive cost down. Um, the third opportunity that I would think um, that is having us think about investment is again um, uh, technological platforms and um, and virtual care what are the opportunities that we can partner with uh, some of our um, uh, technology partners to really think about data-driven technological solutions that can help uh, streamline operations, but also reduce cost, but provide exceptional uh, care experiences for our patients and customers. Um, And there there are opportunities exist in uh, in sort of virtual health too, but you know, uh, virtual reality mitigating uh, anxiety and 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 depression. We actually have um, uh, special sensory rooms in our periop and a couple of other settings where uh, patients with uh, special needs can really uh, uh, receive uh, special treatment and um, has really led to reduced. Um, sedation requirements and sedation medication for some of these patients who are scheduled to undergo procedures. And again, uh, amplifying those kind of things for the uh, rest of our patient population is another area of uh, growth and investment for us. I think um, care coordination, um, amplifying our um, partnership with uh, our um, um, ACO um, and community to really think about uh, uh, growth opportunities and investment in that area. And of course, I think um, I previously alluded to the health equity piece. Uh, we have sent, stood up a center for health equity um, and are really looking at um, you know uh, our ED visits, ED uh, readmission rates. Uh, we're um, trying to think about what kind of services we can provide to patient populations of disparate backgrounds, um, partnering with community to really deliver some of those resources in their neighborhood rather than having them come to the hospital. We have stood up a food pharmacy to look at food insecurity. So some of these are some of the things that we are really focusing and investing on for the future uh, short-term period. Got it. I think that's so helpful to know, you know, and really interesting to think about some of the, the short and long-term investments that you have and how those fit into the overall strategic plan. Now, I think before we sign off here, I wanted to ask one more question. What are you most excited about today? I think that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think all of us are feeling the after, after effects of two, 
to three long years of pandemic and 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 the effects of it. I also feel that this is really a potentially a, a op- opportunity to reset. We really need to sort of think about how we operate. Um, the, some of the challenges that we sort of talked about are not going to go away in the sh- in, in the near future. So how do we repivot ourselves to think about how are we going to leverage? some of these opportunities to streamline, augment, amplify, empower our, our operations and benefit um, not only the patients and families, uh, but also some of our staff members, colleagues. Um, I think this is really um, allowing us to think deeply about the wellness piece of, uh, of our operations for our staff and for our patients as well. And, and I think um, a healthcare system that is really focusing on that will really be the healthcare system of the future. Um, You can't deliver exceptional care if your staff is not exceptionally well cared for. So I think um, this this gives me energy and this gives me uh, excitement to see what the next phase of healthcare uh, system would uh, spring out of this this, uh, challenging time. Well, Dr. Syed, I think that's a great point. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been a fascinating discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you, Laura. Um, I wish everybody a great rest of the day. Um, 